Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood and welcome to Faith and Family. We're continuing our family Bible studies in the Gospel of Matthew. And today we're talking about the laity's role in the world. And if you happen to not to be a priest or a deacon, then listen up. And if you are a priest and a deacon, we welcome you to listen in. We're talking about the laity's role in the world, salt, light, and leaven. This is from the teachings of Jesus in Matthew chapter 5 and Matthew chapter 13. Let's see what Jesus said, Matthew 5, 13. You, with an emphasis in the original language, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You, again with emphasis, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a bushel, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And now from Matthew 13, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. Salt, light, and leaven. In a very succinct fashion, Jesus is telling us in a very forceful way the role of the laity in the world, of, of all Christians, our role in the world. One commentary talking about the salt that is good for nothing, uh, salt is to be of benefit uh, beyond itself, benefit to others. And if the salt has lost its purpose, it's tossed out. It's good for nothing. And we don't want to neglect this rather bold statement by Jesus because he's talking about his people, and we certainly don't want to promote good-for-nothing Christianity, but salt has lost its influence for others is something that has deviated from its very intrinsic nature. And it's interesting that the word that like salt has lost its saltiness uh, the root meaning of that in the original Greek language can also mean has become foolish or mad, kind of lost, it's lost its mind because it's not doing what it is. And if you don't live according to how God made you and why God redeemed you and left you, and how come we just don't go to heaven as soon as we embrace faith in Jesus and are baptized? Well, we have something to do to be salt. Now, it's just as ludicrous as to light a lamp. What's the purpose of a lamp? Is to give light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world in John chapter 8. And now here he says, you are the light of the world. Since he lives within us, we're to be the light. And the purpose of lighting a lamp is so a whole room can be illuminated. You don't light a lamp and then cover it up 
because it would defeat its very purpose for being. And this is Jesus. This isn't like a little appetizer or a dessert regarding what it means to be a Christian. No, this is the center. This is the main course. This is the main calling. Salt, light, and leaven. Now, when we come to leaven, things change a little bit because a lot of times in scriptures, uh, leaven is used for something bad or even something evil, but you always determine the meaning of a word by its context. And here it's not context. It's, it's, he's describing how the kingdom of God grows. And here in Matthew 13, it's obviously something good. And Jesus saying you can take a tiny, tiny bit of leaven and insert it in this huge 50-pound ball of flour, so to speak, and it permeates and transforms the whole thing. In other words, you don't even need a a majority. And I know a lot of people, and I'm not uh, anti-politics for Christians. I think a Christian should vote. I think you have a a moral obligation to vote and vote accordance with your faith, not personally opposed, but none of that stuff. But yet we look and we're about to get back into the fever again. If we just elect the right person, America will change and we get a majority of electoral votes and and then we can change America where Jesus seems to think if just a little bit of leaven, and he's talking about us, average people, that just a little bit can have a huge influence in permeating and transforming the world in which we live in. And uh, I just don't see Jesus's words paying a lot of attention to. Good conservative pro-life Christians think it's top down. And, And I'm not saying we don't pay attention to the top, but it's from the bottom up. And it's for you, mom and dad and young adults and teenagers and even boys and girls. All of us have a role to play. Now, there's a problem, okay? A lot of people, okay, you have a conversion experience or you rediscover your faith and have this uh, enlightenment regarding the Catholic faith that you took for granted. And a lot of people think, well, well, I happen to be married, so I'm, I'm not going to be able to go to seminary and become a priest. So trying to find a role inside the four walls of a church. Now, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. In fact, we all should be contributing in somehow or another to our parish life and to inside the four walls of the church, right? But what Jesus is talking about here, salt, light, and leaven, he isn't talking about the four walls of the church. You see, priests and deacons are the salt of the sanctuary, so to speak. They're the ones who lead the faithful to become faithful disciples who then in turn go out from the parish, go out from the sanctuary to all of life and become salt, light, and leaven. And seeing ourselves simply uh, encased 
if you really want to serve the Lord, it can only be, no, we're all called. There's an, And it's, I really like this because if you could look at like Matthew 5, where he's, Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. I said, this is with emphasis in the original language, and you are the light of the world. And if you're hearing my voice, that's you. We have a role to play. Now, I've mentioned this before, but it's it's so striking to me how to visualize this because you heard what I just said, but stay with me. I'm going to try to paint a word picture of what I'm trying to describe. And it comes to me from my favorite favorite church in Rome. And you would think, oh, that has to be St. Peter's or Paul outside the walls or one of the famous uh, you know, huge churches and such like that. And actually, my very favorite church in Rome is the Basilica of St. Clements. And it's not huge. It's just kind of a, a short walk up from the Colosseum. And there's two reasons I like St. Clements. Uh, one, it was reading the writings of St. Clement that really helped me become a Catholic. He was one of the earliest popes, uh, right after St. Peter. His writings are available today. You can go to a big box bookstore and get the writings of St. Clements, and he helped propel me into the Catholic Church. So I just had an affinity and appreciation for that. And then the dome inside St. Clements. By the way, there's three layers. On different uh, centuries, you can go the lowest layer, and it's a very early church and a medieval layer. But the dome on the current ground level has a cross, and Christ from on the cross, on the bottom of the cross, it just starts exploding with life, like the rivers of life come alive and a vine goes out from the cross, and these vines go out in connected circles, just like a vine going out and circling around and gathering steam and going out and out and out and out and out. And it's interesting, that scene that the cross produces this type of life, yes, it includes the doctors of the church and some of the saints, but also shows a shepherd, a farmer. Uh, it's the, the result of the cross hits all of life, every facet of life. There isn't anything not included, okay? You take that little bit of leaven and you're supposed to transform. You're in medicine, put leaven, be salt and light, literature, music, sports, business, even sales. Yeah, dirty business, yes. Um, Politics, yes. Isn't it dirty? Yes. That's why we need salt and light. Law enforcement, a carpenter, a camp leader, a teacher, you name it. All facets of life. And God can use you no matter where you are and what you're doing to influence others. So I've tried to uh, uh, pick a couple outside the usual framework of really serving Christ. If I really want to serve Christ, um, can I do something outside of the sanctuary? Well, I don't know if you've ever heard of Harrison Butker. Um, He is an altar server 
at the traditional Latin Mass. He loves the traditional Latin Mass, but you may not know him by his serving a traditional Latin Mass. So he's he's a perfect to me a perfect example. He's serving Christ in the sanctuary, but also you might remember the Super Bowl. It was down to eight seconds. Patrick Mahomes has gotten the Chiefs down, but they still had uh, 27 yards to go and eight seconds left to determine whether or not the Kansas City Chiefs would win the Super Bowl. And Harrison kicked this 27-yard field goal with that eight seconds remaining and won the Super Bowl for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, here's a faithful Catholic who serves at the traditional Catholic Mass and wins the Super Bowl for the Kansas City Chiefs. This is what I'm talking about. You think, now, come on. Football doesn't have anything to do with anything. Really? Listen to what he told EWTM. He said, again, this is an NFL player. I want to be a saint, and that's the most important thing, and that's why I am here on this earth. I'm not just making kicks so I can make money and can puff myself up as this great person. I'm making kicks because God wants me to have a platform, at least for now, to share this message of faith, of growing in virtue, growing closer to the sacraments, and of being a saint. Do you see how this works? That's salt, light, and leaven. And by the way, he had a bad ankle for his, not his kicking foot, his other foot, but you have to plant your foot if you're going to make a, a good kick. And probably with some pain, he planted that foot and kicked the Super Bowl winning kick, but even more important, he sees his purpose. It isn't just to get a Super Bowl ring, it's to be a saint. And he serves in the church, inside the four walls of the church, and he serves Christ as salt, light, and leaven. And I tried to pick something that was kind of like outside the the normal framework. And I have to tell you about a, a classmate of mine uh, while I was an evangelical, I got out of the Navy and attended Assembly of God uh, College in Southern California in Costa Mesa, and my classmate was a national champion surfer, and he'd go down to Newport Beach and wow everybody with a couple of good waves with his ability of surfing. He'd go paddle around to other guys waiting for waves and he would witness to them of Jesus Christ. And some of them he led in prayer to ask forgiveness for Christ, or others he invited to go to church with him. Who would have thought that a surfer off of Newport Beach waiting to catch a wave could be salt and light? And I'm trying to stretch you here because we have narrowed how we serve Christ and say, oh, well, the saints serve Christ and Father serves Christ and Deacon George serves Christ and I just watch. No. This is the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and it's the third paragraph inside the Catechism, and it's part of the prologue. In other words, this is the wind-up before the pitch for the Catechism, and this is what it says. Those who, with God's help, have welcomed Christ's call and freely responded to it, okay? That's us, if we have faith in Christ, are urged on by the love of Christ to proclaim the good news everywhere in the world. 
everywhere in the world, not just classrooms, not just sanctuaries, uh, off Newport Beach, on the football field in Arizona or New Mexico or Chicago, um, in the dentist office, in the body shop, building a home. I can tell you in my own experience through construction here at the Family Life Center, I have an opportunity to share my love for Christ using this microphone right in front of me, but also the one-on-one. I've had some of my best opportunities in Greenville when we were renovating. We did a total reconstruction, so to speak, in the top part of the building I'm speaking to you from. And during that process, that was a golden opportunity to share the love of Christ. And people had a kind of a clue. When firemen come to do our annual inspection, sometimes Guy says, well, what's this book here called Legacy, you know, Father's Handbook for Raising Godly Kids? I sent him on with one. See, even when the fire department comes to check, make sure they have your contact information, that's an opportunity to be salt, light, and leaven. We can all do this. And it says, all Christ, I'm back to the catechism, all Christ faithful are called upon to hand this on. All of us. It's, all the catechism is doing is reverberating the very words of Jesus Christ to you and to me. We're not excluded, and there's no area of life where this doesn't apply because it says it's everywhere in the world. Now, here's something that, of course, it's just probably somebody's going to think this is really outrageous, but I think we need to change some Catholic lingo. And who am I to say this? But it, it's. I'm saying this not to offend anybody and not to say that uh, this traditional vocabulary isn't nice and everything, but because I think it misleads people. And it's this. There's a common question. Um, Somebody would say, say like a priest says to a young man, um, do you think you have a vocation? And the answer should be, well, of course. Why? Because every single person has a vocation. But when Catholics say, do you think you have a vocation? I'm praying because I might have a vocation. There's no might in vocation. The catechism just taught we're all called and we're urged in this call by Christ's very words in the Gospel of Matthew and Luke, and we're urged on by our faith And so rather than thinking when we have a vocation, it's only a religious vocation, that's important. Don't get me wrong. And people need to be called and challenged to consider that. But everybody has a vocation. It's not like you have a religious vocation and everybody else is off the hook. That is not the Catholic faith. This is the prologue of the catechism. In other words, I'm saying this is the first page. You don't have to read hundreds of pages. Just read the first page, and if you get that one down, you'll be doing what Jesus calls you to be. And basically, don't take this as an offense, you're halfway nuts because, again, losing saltiness in the original Greek is you become foolish or mad because you don't even, you're not living the way you, what you are. You are made and called and empowered to be salt light, and leaven. So when somebody says, do you have a vocation? That's the wrong question. It's what's your vocation? 
We all have a vocation. We all can use our time and talents to serve Christ. I've mentioned this before, but this to me was really striking. I was driving around with an organizer of a Catholic men's conference in Canada. It was the afternoon before this whole thing started, and um, he had this insurance firm, and I I said, you seem pretty relaxed because a lot of conference organizers get pretty worked up, you know, with all the things. Oh, I have a great staff at my office, and he hired Catholics, and he's got great assistants, and they just, you know, with the conference coming up, they kind of— did a little bit more Catholic conference than insurance business, but whatever. Uh, He and his brother were also directly involved in the leadership of World Youth Day in Canada. And again, he was uh, uh, doing this. And then he said, you know, like I talked to a father and say maybe a son got a DUI, underage and all this kind of stuff. And you know, helping with the insurance claim and all this kind of stuff, or maybe getting in a wreck while driving drunk, and then start saying, you know, we got some uh, really good youth activities going on here or there, and um, I'd be glad to introduce your son to some of the other young people in this group and stuff like that. And in other words, this guy is your normal uh, street corner insurance agent, and he just sees everything in his life is opportunities to be salt, light, and leaven. And you can do this. And if you can't, just pray a little bit. I I can almost guarantee that God will open doors for you and open your eyes to see perhaps opportunities. Let me tell you how this can maybe go the other way um, in a sense of, of handicapping people. Uh, I read the biography of South Carolina U.S. Senator Jim DeMint. He's retired from U.S. Senator. He became the president for a spell of the Heritage Foundation. Uh, Senator DeMint, good guy, really good guy, sponsors all the good bills, votes for all the right things, definitely pro-life and everything else. But I was surprised in the biography to read that Jim DeMint grew up as a Catholic right here in Greenville. And it wasn't until he was an adult that he got in a evangelical Bible study and some of the other men tried to explain to him, okay, Jesus is Lord. And that wasn't a real shock to Jim DeMint. Yes, Jesus is Lord. But what does that mean? He's Lord of this space within four walls, or does it mean he's Lord of everything on this globe? And they explained to him, just like St. Clements does in that wonderful mosaic on the dome in Rome, that all areas of life are affected. Even something as challenging to be a faithful Christian as politics. And that's why Jim DeMint started running for public office and became a leading senator in the United States. But he wasn't tapped into that as a Catholic because— It's very easy for Catholics to say that, oh, you know, my priest or sister, they're the salt and the light. They're the salt for the sanctuary. They're the salt to get you to be a faithful disciple and challenge you and equip you so that you can leave and begin the mission of salt, light, and leaven and transforming the world from a 
uh, Christian perspective, and you know, the Eucharist is to come into us. It's Christ in us. Christ, the light of the world, comes in us, and then we become the light of the world. Christ is the preservative, the salt of the earth, and he comes in us, and we're the salt of the earth. Now, anybody who has any inkling, Protestant or Catholic, of what's going on with Christianity in the United States, it's that it's a very challenging situation when about two-thirds of the youth with a Christian background, Christian parents, drop out of practicing their faith in church life. Now, Barna did an interesting survey, because usually the surveys are on all those who left the church, and we want to find out wh- why and all that. Those are valid surveys. But this survey focused on the one-third that stayed versus the two-thirds that left. And guess what? These are things said by the one-third that have stayed and are practicing their faith. My church does a good job helping me understand how to live out my faith in the workplace. Two, in my church, I regularly receive wisdom for how to live faithfully in a secular world. Three, God is at work outside the church, and I want to be a part of that. They were challenged. And I know everybody is looking, how do we reach young people? And just as important, how do we keep them faithful? Is they just don't go out in the world and get lost in the world. They go out in the world realizing they have a mission to the world to be salt and light and leaven. And when you want to come back and and gather, okay, Salt in the salt shaker is good, but if you stay there, it's no good. It's to go out, right? But when you have a youth group together, why not bring in some people? Maybe even some in an unusual way are having an influence as salt, light, and leaven in whatever career or hobby or sports they're engaged in. It just might be a way to transform those around us. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 432 of Faith and Family Radio. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org.